There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with PlushCare. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number Smart Beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on the Sleep Number Limited Edition smart bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com slash awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. Life is full of awesome what-ifs, and some not so much, like unexpected medical costs. That's why United Healthcare provides Health Protector Guard fixed indemnity insurance plans to supplement your primary plan and help manage out-of-pocket costs. Learn more at uh1.com. His name is David Luke Flatman, Commander of the Armies of the West, General of the Somerset Regions, loyal servant to the true Emperor, Thomas George Llewellyn Shanklin, Father to a noisy cat, husband to a vegan, and he will have a salad in this life or the next. It's time for Flats and Shanks. Shoot. Are you ready? Born. Welcome, everybody, to episode five, series two. Series two, episode five of our weekly podcast. I'm David Flatman. You are. I'm Tom Shanklin. Okay, fella. Yeah. All right, boy. How are you? Yeah. I'm right, mate. It's you I'm worried about. No, no, fine, fine. At uh, Chateau Flatman in the basement. You know what I'm worried about, you don't you? In the man cave. Um, why? Because we had to postpone the um, pod by 24 hours. <laughs> tell us, tell us why, boy. <laughs> oh, I had, a, I had a fairly heavy weekend um, with Variety, the children's charity, over in Loch Lomond. Charity work. Yep, mm. yep. Piss off and leave me alone. I'm saving some Africans. <laughs> obviously a quote from uh, the office um, yeah. but we, we raise a lot of money for Variety and Lot Loma we do it every year were they Africans you're raising money for? So it was a joke you said that sorry uh, but it's a rugby legends charity so they have a lot of ex-players who come over and, and you end up playing with a, a corporate company who have put a team in so they put three yeah. people in and you play with them so I played with um, DHL oh yeah yeah so DHL put a team in we had great fun Um um, who was there from DHL? Who would we know? You wouldn't know anyone there. All men or women or what? Um, men. Okay, a bit sexist. Yeah. It's a shame. Um, women play golf Sh- too, do you know that? Shannon, Craig and James, do you know them? Yeah, no. I've heard, do you know what I haven't? I've heard a few people say that Shannon is a really great bloke. Hmm. Jen. Jen. Really? That's true, yeah. Just a few people. I heard Ugo mention him last week and say, top boy, top boy. Are you serious or are you like... Jen, I'm no, being right, serious. Yeah, no. I am bloke. being serious, yeah. yeah. This is not one of my jokes. Crap golfer, but great bloke. Uh, mm. On the on the last hole, he had to score one point, so he didn't finish bottom out of everybody. Oh my days! And the first shot on the last hole off the tee, he made a he hit probably about half a meter behind the ball. the The divot he took up hit the ball and knocked the ball off the tee, so it just rolled <laughs> off the tee from this divot. Does hit. that count as a shot? 
<laughs> it did, but we said, just put it back on the tee and no one noticed. And the next shot, then he had an air shot. Yeah. So he missed it completely. And when you miss a ball completely with an air shot, it quite it hurts. So oh, because your shoulders hyperextend and your back go, yeah. It hurt his rib a little bit. And then the third shot off the tee, I, I was bent into laughing, so <laughs> didn't even see where it went. But, just, but he enjoyed it. Apathetic. But it was, yeah, it was good. There was a lot of lot of ex-players there. Jason Leonard was there. Oh, yeah. Um, Guskert, Jiffy, Martin Williams, Al Keller, Roy Lawson, no, full, Andy Nick. Oh, proper job. Low, yeah, proper, proper good job. And we had great fun after the golf because Bobby Davro came. He was guest speaker. Ah, so he was so your a guy chameleon. Called, yeah, there's a guy, Adja did the uh, auction. Adja? Yeah. Um, a lot of the boys, I just know him as Adja. He was, he was phenomenal. Was he? Yeah, really good. Off the cuff, really dry. Yeah. So he did the auction and then he introduced Bobby Davro. And Bobby Davro comes in through the, the hall and he's good. And they've got the proclaimers, I would walk 500 miles on. It's Bobby Davro. Because you're in Scotland. Because we're in Scotland, but. Genius. And the chorus, he's changing to Bobby Davro. So he's going. So it's gone, I would walk 500 miles and I would walk 500 more just to be that man who walked a 1,000 miles to fall down at your shore. And he's going, what's my name? Bobby, Bobby Davro. What's my name? Bobby Davro. Dum, 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 dum. Bobby Davro. Yeah, it's funny. He was amazing, mate. He was he was incredible. He It took him probably about five, ten minutes to win the crowd. But then after that, brilliant. He was singing songs. He was doing impressions. He was doing Don't Let the Sun Go Down on Me. He was doing an impression of Elton John, Sir Elton John, George Mike. An absolutely incredible singer. Mm. And my abs were hurting. Your abs? Not only, I mean, not only laughing at my own jokes. <laughs> yeah, normally it's just. If only, only you get a six you're... pack by laughing at your own jokes, because mm. I'd have a nine pack. Um, but just had the crowd, had the audience in his palm of his hand. Mm. It's funny you say so that. So I was a little bit late. The reason why I'm a little bit late is because I had oh. a quite a late night and an early start. And you were pissed. Couldn't speak. You were pissed. Yeah. I said to Michelle, Michelle's like, well, I haven't done the pod yet. And I said, Shanks is pissed from being in Scotland and he's asked if we can knock it back a day. And she said he'd probably be funnier if he was pissed. He'd probably be better. No, no. it was. I wasn't pissed, mate. I was just tired. You sent me a picture of yourself and you looked horrendous. <laughs> Absolutely horrendous. <laughs> That was just before the gala dinner. I was just <laughs> oh, sorry. Oh, sorry. <laughs> no, I, I didn't feel the greatest. So, sorry, sorry to you, David, for doing it day late, and sorry to you, the listener. Um, mm. So, I um, so that was my weekend, mate. What, what about you? Well, hang on, Bobby Davro first, okay? Because I knew you Bobby were going to say that about the uh, Bobby Davro. Because I saw Bobby Davro a couple of years back. I actually had the great pleasure of introducing Bobby Davro at a dinner. Oh wow. It was the London London Sporting Club on Park Lane, and that sounds super swanky. Okay, it's not. It wasn't. But I introduced Bobby Davro, and I must say he didn't go down as well as he seems to have gone down in Loch Lomond. Okay. And it wasn't. It wasn't. Um, I mean, he's a huge experienced comedian. I mean, he's he, that. He's the guy, you know. But um, he said a couple of things quite early that. I think you, you have to be able to laugh at anything. You have to be able to laugh at sex, race, religion, body composition, follicular challenges, whatever it is. You've got to be able to laugh at all these things. And I absolutely think that. So as soon as you can't laugh at something, you, you know, I don't know, gets a bit fundamental. So anyway, he he t- he said a few things. He was quite funny. And then 
from memory, he said something like really punchy about sex and women. But it, I remember just thinking, apart from anything else, it's not funny. Was it? I like my women like my whiskey. Single, eighteen years old, and mixed with coke. <laughs> Obviously, if he'd said that, it would have been funny. Did he say that the weekend? I can not say or say. Yeah, yeah. So no, he didn't say that. I don't remember what he said. He said something that was just like that's vulgar, which vulgar can be really funny, and that's how you and I make a living a lot of time. But it's not witty. It's not funny. And it kind of went downhill from there. He did a couple of impressions, and they were really good. And he is a great singer. And he came off, and it was let's just say um, Matt Letizia got more laughs in the Q and A. Let's just say that. Okay. So I was. I'm very pleased. Obviously, you can you can go and do a speech somewhere, and it absolutely kills it, and you're a king. You leave there thinking like a king, and the next night you do the same speech to yeah. a similar crowd at an event, and it can just be awful. Peter Ebden stole the show, did he? Ebden, yeah, <laughs> yeah. So I'm glad to hear. I'm glad you know Bobby's still doing it. Yeah, it was one of those events that you you couldn't beat really. Yeah. It was that good? Well, um. I went. I went somewhere. I reckon I had a more middle class Saturday than you did. Okay. I went to my little girl's first um, inter school oh, hockey tournament. Okay. Um, all very posh. The car park was hilarious. Hilarious. I mean, there were some normal cars in there, but it was an All Hallows School down near Froome. Okay. Wherever it is down near wherever that is, but that All Hallows School, it's thoroughly gorgeous. And it was like a Range Rover, Porsche, Mercedes show. It was like a car show. It was like you'd gone to Silverstone, only there wasn't a racetrack there. It was hilarious. Um, and there were a few parents way too enthusiastic about their seven-year-old daughters. It all, all girls. Seven-year-old daughters playing hockey. There were a couple of parents that were way too enthusiastic. Um, and the worst of all was my wife. She was... And I, I actually said... So I actually said to her at one point, I said, you see that prick at the end who keeps shouting? And he, he was shouting so loud, he was making us jump. And I kept making us jump. We're like, whoa, Jesus, he's doing it again. Yeah. I said, you are him. You are doing what he does. So she stopped a few times. And in the end, she just said, oh, fuck off. I'm enjoying myself. Oh, death off. And she's had one hockey tournament. She's never played hockey before. It was brilliant. Absolutely brilliant. Um, she wouldn't. She didn't look like a natural hockeyist. So that's Daisy the cat up at the window. If you can hear her, mm. get out of town and put you out for a reason. It was a magpie. It was black and white cat. Um, so noisiest cat in the world. So um, yeah, it, but she didn't. Our daughter didn't. There were a couple of kids that had never played before, but were instantly really, really good. Like natural. Our daughter was had a mega great time. Probably wasn't that. Wasn't a natural in round one. Yeah. So my wife has gone from being that parent on the touchline. To now being the parent who is asking me to call my friend to do one-on-one hockey coaching with our seven-year-old daughter, with under the auspices under the auspice that she doesn't care if she's any good or not, she just doesn't want those lovely girls who she's friends with in the team to leave her behind. Any nice cars in the car park? That's what I just talked about. Yeah, but name some, name some big ones. Why? Don't know. <laughs> <laughs> I can I can smell a stitch up with you, you twat. <laughs> Any limos there? No limos. All oh, right. Why? Oh, my, just because my friend was a limo driver for years and years. Oh, really? Yeah. Didn't get one customer. Really? All that time. Nothing to show for it. 
Should I put some tumbleweed in there? Just, oh God. I mean, from the vet gag. Yeah, but the crows, the some, vet, sometimes, the snails to Sometimes they've got to bring you down, mate, to bring you up. Yeah. I don't know if I don't know if you can listeners hear Daisy you the cat the rainbow, again. You've got to put up the rain. I'm just gonna I'm just gonna mate, I'm a I'm a I'm a cat whisperer, hang on a minute. Okay. Piss off She's a lovely cat. She's a lovely cat, but she is unbelievably noisy. We have to do what we have to do at night. We've got a little suite. This I mean this room is a dump. A whole house is a dump at the moment. We've just moved into it and we're doing work on it. But this basement, we have to bring the cat down here at night and shut the cat in this basement. It's like a little flat, by the way. It's not like a dingy it is dingy, you know, it's a, we've got a carpet and that. And we give her a little bed and a sofa to herself. Why, because you, why don't you just call your cat Anne Frank instead? <laughs> so anyway, we have to lock her in the basement at night because she comes up and howls outside our door all night, wakes the kids up or every night. She howls and howls and howls. And we have to block the dogs from coming upstairs because as you saw earlier, we showed Shanks around the building site earlier. Yeah. Walked upstairs and dog, the fr- badge of the French Bulldogs had a shit in the top bathroom. It's just painful, and they don't know where they are. So they, as soon as they arrived here, they ran upstairs with the removal guy like dogs, isn't and it? pissed on the carpet. You can just blame them for everything, can't you? <laughs> <laughs> oh, you know, guess what? The bloody dogs! I know that you missed the toilet again. <laughs> you shat all over the seat. Oh no! He's, he's, oh, sh- he's, shat, he's shat in my gym pants again. Anyway, fair play, to you. Alex. Dog shat again. Can you go clear it up? Uh, yeah. So. Yeah. Um, yeah. So well, yeah, I did very middle class, very very nice. Yep. Um, I, went, I went down to Chiefs actually on Sunday, which is which is always nice, amazing game, brilliant game. It is always nice going there. Yeah, it's good actually. Yeah, it's yeah. a nice ground. And I got I went to went to my mate Marcus Borden's house, who is um, barbecue guru. I think he's Devon Woodsmoke on Twitter. Yeah, that is um, the tomahawk. Tomahawk steak. Yeah. Why would you melt bone marrow on top of the steak? Because well, presumably bone marrow isn't like garlic butter. Well, what he's what he you can just do bone marrow on its own. That's or, why hyenas. That's why hyenas' jaws are so powerful is because they crack the bones to eat the bone marrow inside. Oh, there you it's go. Really nutritious. So it's really nutritious. Yeah. So you can have just bone marrow, or you can do what he did the other day, which is bone marrow with herb and garlic infused bone marrow with some salted yeah. butter, which makes it more more meltable. So he takes the bone marrow out creates a little mixture and shoves it back in yeah um, so then he will take they'll slice off the bone marrow so you cook your tomahawk steak in yep. direct heat over the coals uh, to whatever you want and whatever sort of temp you want and then you take it off and you put the bone marrow on while, the, while it's resting the meat yeah. the beef you put the sorry if you can hear some rumbling there's some work going upstairs if you put the get the bone marrow put it on top of the steak yes. it'll melt if it'll take a long time to melt bone marrow takes a while to melt but he gets a piece with the tongs he gets a piece of red hot charcoal and burns but he doesn't just melt it he burns the bone marrow butter onto the steak and it melts down it's just like a really really nice glaze really and it, when, when you cut it open it all drips down inside do you and, know how I'm talking about hyenas and that bone marrow I, I've been watching a lot of Gordon Buchanan um, he's got series don't know it I think it's not really good mate he, he, I think he used to be a cameraman but now he does it's something called like tribes predators he's not the guy with like uh, really really curly hair like greyish right, hair yeah. oh he's really good he is brilliant yeah brilliant love what like he's been living with shark people in uh, the Pacific or you know he's been shark people you um, they're yeah. like he's been living with tribes and find out about animals and living with animals so he did this yeah. bit on hyenas about this tribe that they're buggers mind the hyenas, hyenas come and kill the um kill the cows and the tribes so it's about buggers they are yeah. and that's why I found out that 
cow urine it's like a disinfectant and that's why they wash their hands under when a cow's weeing oh mm. okay yeah I need some useless knowledge there yeah and I've just um, I've done I've done I've had two cool things happen kind of yesterday and today <clears throat> last night so it counts as today really I took delivery of a new toy well I didn't take delivery I took delivery of this thing like two months ago but we went on a holiday moved house we still haven't had our last delivery from the removals people and you can see how rammed with crap our house is at the moment so that's coming tomorrow or something it's going to be hell but they've had this bike there and I've been desperate to get this bike and I was like mate you talked about this on previous parts yeah I was like mate this electric bike it's called a um, it's not a sponsorship thing so I can just tell you it's called a Grey P and it's a G12S if you're bored enough to google it but it's a Croatian Croatian brand electric bike they made a supercar called the Rimac which is um, not the Imac the Rimac which is the one that Richard Hammond crashed recently okay. but it's super super fast electric supercar but um, they got this amazing tech and they put it into a basically a mountain bike and it's quite a big old bit of kit but it doesn't matter that it's big and heavy because it's got loads of power and um, I live at the top of a hill and that's my excuse for wanting it because it was fun anyway I got this thing ages ago and, I've only, and I said to the guy please can I just drive out to this removals like storage place and get it out and he goes, mate, we're driving past your house in a couple of hours. We'll bring it over. Oh, so I went down down the gym. Whoops. Went down to the gym that this morning. Anyway, that which is it's a super cool bit of kit. You should have a go. Yeah, I'm not that interested really in an electric bike. I mean, I'm probably guessing... I'll probably buy it off you for like nothing in about three months. <laughs> <laughs> Give it to me for that pair of trainers I gave you last week. Yeah, you did. Yeah. Bit big, so, but they're free. Yeah. Um, um, no, yeah, I might, I might have a go. I'm not really into stuff like that. I, I wonder if I'll be using it in five, but I reckon it is brilliant bit of kit. It's properly well I mean, made. I don't like cycling. I've not found cycling. Shanko, because it's, it's Shanko, like a religion. You don't pedal on it, mate. Not even a little bit. Not even to start. Like when you're going away to like Portugal and Spain, and you're going through like the little villages, and you see them pedaling to start off the little mopeds, and then they crack on. No. Okay. None of that, mate. None of that. I don't ride a bike to the gym for exercise. You don't need a CBT to drive it either. No. Okay. Do you have to put L plates on it? <laughs> yeah, and number plates. Wide load on the back. <laughs> yeah. yeah, exactly. Yeah, but oh, it's well, great we'll, Yeah, we'll, we'll post this picture. Um, we'll retweet it so you can see what it looks like. Yeah. Um, and I just, just got off the phone. When you arrived, as you know, I was on the phone, but I've been on the phone for an hour today to uh, a chap called Ben Darwin, who is a former Wallabies, Brumbies and Wallabies yes. prop. And I actually played against him, believe it or not, for against Australia in 01, I think, played against him. But anyway, he he runs a company now called Gainline Analysis and um they in the UK? No, in Oz, but he okay. got, he's a he's a global company. So he works with, you know, Saracens, he works with Leinster, he works with okay. Arsenal, works with you know um, you know, he works with AFL teams, he works with the All Blacks, he works all but all different sports, all across all different sports. Um but it is, I mean, endless. I was on the phone for 45 minutes or an hour and we didn't scratch the surface of it, really. You could do, really, you'd need to have him around for a couple of days and listen to it all because it's... In a nutshell. In a nutshell, he uses data and decades worth of data and every single match you've ever played um, in whatever sport or competition you undertake, every single match you've ever played, he uses the actual data from that to basically tell you what really makes teams win okay there you go quite interesting that's blockbusters sorry about that leo vegas bet of the week because leo vegas sponsored this pod Mm. thank you very much guys and girls Mm. 
Again, another win last week by you, David. Yeah. Bet on Exeter by more than six. It came in. Romped in. Well done. Money for the kids, yeah? Should have gone higher, mate. Better odds. Yeah, but it's easier to say that now, isn't it? Yeah, true. So anyway, we're two on the bounce at the moment. This week, the game we're betting on is Sale Sharks versus Gloucester. Who are you going with? Well, I think Sale are going to win. I think Gloucester had a had a good win last week and it was good to see Henry Trinder back. We'll talk about that more. Yeah. But I'm going to say, I think Sale will win by four points or more. I think it'd be quite a tough game for Gloucester to well, back Why up. don't you say more? Better odds to the kids, like you said to me just now. Yeah, define more. <laughs> define odds. Mm-hmm. Um, so I'm, I think, are you with me on this? Sale by four points. Yeah. It's going to be a tough one for Gloucester to back up the performance last week. They are... A little bit inconsistent at the moment. Yeah. And Sale got turned over a bit at Sarri, so they'll have a point to prove. I, yeah. I, the thing with Gloucester is you just, you just want them to play well four or five times on the bounce. That's all you want as a Gloucester fan. And I reckon you know, history tells us that a decent win at home, they might back off a bit Friday night. We'll see. Sale by four points or more then. Is it Friday night? Saturday. Saturday, that's the same thing. Friday good luck, night. Good luck to all. Friday, Friday night. night. Friday, Friday night. Well done, mate. Friday night. Good Terms luck. Conditions to apply. Make sure you're over eighteen. Yeah. Life is full of what ifs. Some awesome, like what if AI could fold your laundry, and some well less awesome, like what if you have unexpected medical costs. United Healthcare can help get you covered with Health Protector Guard fixed indemnity insurance plans. They supplement your primary plan to help you manage out-of-pocket costs. No deductibles, no enrollment periods, and especially no more what-ifs. Visit uh1.com to find the Health Protector Guard plan for you. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. Before we get on to the results, big boy, a little bit of news come out this week. Two bits. Yeah. Tackling and Sean O'Brien Lyons. What do you want to start with? Sean O'Brien Lions. Shoot. Sean O'Lion. <laughs> Not a lion anymore after that. Um, it's a difficult one because... Just explain, to, for, for those who haven't been... Yeah, so Sean news. O'Brien, a Leinster, Ireland, British and Irish Lions flanker, came out and he did an interview, basically. It's like he did an interview and answered questions very honestly and basically said some good things about the Lions, but... Said he was disappointed they didn't win. He thought he could have got more from the coaches. He thought Rob Howley struggled in particular to engage. 
and that Farrell and Sexton effectively took over the attacking game, the play and whatever it was. And uh, he basically, you know, that it might... It, that with the players Alliance had should have won the series 3-0. Should have won it 3-0. And, you know, if you read the article, it's not actually as brutal as the headlines suggest, but he did say these things and he did, you know, it would not have been nice reading for Warren Gatland or Rob Howley, I'd say that. So it's the, my, my view, in short, is that on a couple of different strands, is that 3-0 is way ambitious. Way. Um, could have won it, of course they could. Uh, I feel I feel like it's not particularly pleasant to go in on someone. It, it'll do short... Sean O'Brien doesn't get ahead if Rob Howley suffers. And by that, I mean your your candle doesn't... Your light doesn't burn any brighter if you put, out, put someone else's out, you know, whatever it is. So that, I don't quite like that. Um... I also, but I also absolutely, absolutely believe that no one should criticise a modern-day professional sportsman for saying what he actually thinks. And it happens all too rarely. Someone's finally done it. People don't like what he says, so they're hammering Sean. I don't think... I say Sean, never met him. O'Brien, I, I think don't hammer him. I think it's let, let them sort it out themselves. Ideally, I think keep it in-house. Don't... You know, don't say nasty things in public about people when there's not really any benefit to anybody. That's how I would do it. Equally, you know, how few players properly speak their minds these days. And Billy does, Joe Marler does, Sean O'Brien does, and that part of it I love. Okay. You? So, yeah, I I think I share your view. Um, I, I hope it hasn't discredited the Lions tour. Um, but what he's talking about, you know, um, Owen Farrell and Jonathan Sexton basically running the attack, but... Surely that's what you want as a coach. You Every want, you, two would you have want, that. You want the players to lead. Two world-class players, two players that are involved in everything attack-wise with the Lions. That is what you want, is them yeah. to run the run the show. Um, I agree with you about it's way, way... Um, what's the word I'm looking for? Ambidextrous? Yeah, that's the one. Abominable. It's um, to win the series 3-0. You know, that, oh, no, that, oh, come on. Yeah, come on. We weren't, we weren't the, giving them a chance before the, they left. The Lions could have lost that had Sonny Bill not got sent off. It could have been 3-0 you know, yeah. to uh, to New Zealand. So that was a bit... Um, I, I didn't... I sort of... Uh, a bit ambitious. Yeah, it? a little bit ambitious. But, but the, the, the Farrell and Sexton thing, by the way, going back a point, there is there is no other way that was supposed to happen. They're absolutely meant to run it. Of course they are. It's the whole point. Yeah. Um, but it, I don't know if you come out and you say that about coach I mean what what is Sean O'Brien trying to achieve by saying these comments this far after the Lions tour what well I, I think he's I think he's I got a book know. out has he got a book out no, no that's what I'm just yeah I wonder that, that's an interesting one I, I hope it's not that cynical but I like to think it's not but I I get the impression that he doesn't have anything to gain he's just not bullshitting he's just telling what he thinks is the truth and that you've got to respect I've just found it ambitious is what I was trying to the word I was trying to get out mate I said it for you. Yeah, but yeah. you said a lot of words. You're still pissed, aren't you? Um, so yeah, it's a strange one. But Are you still I, I also I also agree that he is. he is a he is a player and he does have the right to voice his opinion. So you agree that he is a player? Um, so for me, it's <laughs> six of one, half dozen the other. You agree he is a player? Yeah, player. Okay, okay. Um, do you also like this um, bit of a tangent, but? Joe Marler come out and set, put a tweet out about this this suggested extended season, yeah. um, extended premiership season, and basically basically taking it to a a thirteen month season. It's not obviously, but it's not far. 
and Joe has said it's a ridiculous idea. Whoever thought of it was a turkey, and it, the idea is horse shit. Just comes out and says it, and then Billy Vunapola's piped in. He on a Jonesy and Ugo's BBC podcast. He said, um, "I, you know, I'd I'd love it if we could sign a fifteen or a twenty, whatever it is, game contract." And it's like, yeah, but then you've got to give half your money back. And he says, "Fine, you can have half the money back." And I think everyone was expecting him to say, "Yeah, that's the problem." And I think I think a lot of players wouldn't give half the money back to no. play half the games. I mean, I wouldn't have done. Did I think there were too many games? Yes. Would I have given back twenty five percent of my salary to play a quarter fewer games? Nope. No way. Would I? Would I have taken more money to play more games? Yes. But also, Billy Vanapola thinks that they would have won the Lions Tour had Eddie Jones been coach. Yeah, mm, might be right. Me. Pick me at number eight. <laughs> it's also it's Obviously also easy will. it's also easy to give back half your money when you're doing six hundred G's a year, whatever they're earning now. It's like you know, when you're on peanuts like we were, you know, sort of four hundred. Literally. It's a joke. Yeah. Um but you know, I I do love the fact that the guys like Billy, Joe and Sean O'Brien are repeatedly saying what they think. I mean, how how often do we bemoan these dull interviews that happen in pro sport? This is this is great stuff. So good on them. So the next point that's come out this week is about tackling so Dr Pollock and scrummaging Dr what? Pollock cheap shot I'm sure it is he's got a book out the author a Dr Pollock a professional doctor has come out and said that tackling should be banned is it up to the ages of 17? yeah so come men's rugby you'll have one year yeah. possibly two years to learn tackling before you take part in men's rugby. Well, there are loads. There are loads. If you're 18 and you, there are loads of 18 year olds playing in men's rugby around the country. There's loads of them. Now, now she's a professional. Come out with that, and I'm an amateur doctor. But you also got to remember. You got Google though. You also, you also got to remember that professionals built the Titanic, and amateurs built the Ark. Yes. Know which one I'd rather be on? Oh yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the one that didn't exist. Yeah. <laughs> But are there two of you? That's what I want to know. It'd be you and a llama, wouldn't it? <laughs> you and a female llama. Um, uh, yes. So yeah, this this, pop, this popped up uh, probably about eight months to a year ago as well, didn't it? Yeah, I think it's an annual thing from Doctor yeah, Pollock. Yeah, um, I did like your tweet. No, it's not going to happen. Get over it. Let's talk about something else. Yeah, it's true. It's not going to happen. Of course, I'm going to ban it. It's ridiculous. I mean, they, they, they are looking at obviously massively looking at concussion. It's, it's huge. It's relevant. They're looking at. That's why we're all tackling lower. That's where there's more yellow cards for swinging arms yeah. for the seatbelt tackle. They're trying to they're trying to clean up the game so there's less concussions. So they're working. It's a constant. It's constantly working trying to find the safest way to play rugby, and they're doing that. And it's not going to happen overnight. It's going to yeah. take time. Um, and also, it's the you know what one thing I don't like the sound of <clears throat> is. So I was with Laurie Cantor yesterday, who is the golfer, local golfer, yeah. pro golfer from here. Lovely man. And always taller than you think. And we were having a post-workout uh, chat. And, uh, well, pre-his. I'm not sure he actually did a workout. I'm not sure golfers actually work out. Anyway, we were chatting about it. And he was, it was compulsory that he, so he went to the same school that my little girls have just joined. And he had compulsory rugby, I think, until he was 16. Now, he loves rugby, absolutely loves it. And he absolutely hated playing it from the first game. Played five half, hated getting hit by bigger boys. Hated it. Said it was vile, but he loves watching it. So my my that is now not compulsory. So my girls do not have to play rugby, full contact rugby. Okay, so for me, it's you, yes. Let's try continually to make it safer, 
But if people aren't being forced to do this kind of dangerous thing, we all know about the inherent dangers, and actually that is what makes it appealing through a large part. If people, are, kids are being forced to do it, I actually agree they shouldn't be forced to do it, and it's too dangerous, because if you're in a rugby match and you don't want to be there, you're not going to put the effort into the correct technique. You're not going to put effort into colliding properly. There's a good chance you're going to get hurt, maybe. Hey, yeah, we're, we're not in 1941. We're not in Berlin. No. Do what you want. Don't want to play, don't play. But I also, also your your point is is so relevant. You, what you what she is relying on is every single person who plays rugby up to the age of seventeen to either stop playing forever or not play any matches for two or three years until their tackle technique's high enough. Never going to happen. So what's going to happen is loads of the seventeen year olds are going to step for the first time into full contact rugby against people that have been doing it for years and they're going to get smashed to pieces. So it's a load of balls. And actually, it's, you know, there's... Have a look at Jake Humphrey's Twitter feed. He tweeted this excerpt that someone tweets it every every year when this woman brings this stuff up. Um, it's sensationalist. It's a load of rubbish. But he's got some facts that actually prove... And, and what, what the... This, there was a big study that basically went on and it was to say that rugby is purely dangerous and threatening is a disingenuous representation of it. So actually, you know, compared... When you... Can't, when you put the day, stack the day, potential dangers of rugby and the risk of injury against what it gives children and what it gives people to be part of a team and all that sort of stuff, then actually there is every argument that the benefits outweigh the potential dangers. Yeah. So, yeah. so that's it. Move on. Are you still awake? Yeah. Of course I am. All right, mate. Um, what game were you at the weekend? Where was I? Yeah, you I was at Chiefs. Um, oh, it's great because I've moved into town now, as you know, you're here. And on Saturday, I was watching the game and I had all this stuff to fit in before I went out to this, um, I went to this really cool little art gallery down in Somerset with some you mates. You watching the Bath game Saturday? No. So I went, to this art, I went to this art gallery. Can you stop interrupting me? This is important, yeah? This art gallery that I've never heard of because I don't do art really, anything about it. And this chef called Mark Hicks, who's a famous chef, he's got restaurants in London, was basically doing a meal for loads of people. My mates invited me to that. Amaze. Absolutely amaze. Um, but I had to get all this stuff in and a dog walk before I was, you know, I was watching the game on Saturday, which was the Quinn's Leicester game on telly okay. on BT Sport. And I was like, oh, I'm not going to have time to walk the dogs. Dogs are going to poo in the house again. So I actually thought, hang on a minute, I live in town now, got 4G. So I went for a walk with my iPhone, have had my headphones on and watched the second half walking around. Decent. Town, yeah. Yeah. Anyway, great game. Um yeah, Gloucester I thought was an interesting game. They started off brilliantly. They've been finishing games brilliantly and starting poorly. Started really, flew out the blocks against Worcester, tore Worcester to bits, and then Worcester came right back into it and Gloucester could have lost that. Harry Potter. Yeah. He came on. Sorry, yeah. Henry Trinder. Yeah. That's what Nick, that's what Nick Mullins called him. Yeah, he's it? great, isn't he, Nick? What an impact. What a player. Poor bloke as well, been out for such a long time. Yeah. But it doesn't look like he's lost anything. No. Just came straight back in. So, you're, you were a centre. Yeah. If he been fully fit for the last five or six years would he have a load of England caps or is he is he just pretty good and we think he's better because he's injured a lot quite possibly because he's very similar his sort of style of play to I think Jonathan Joseph yeah both very agile on the feet both fast good outside break Um, both good in defence don't make massive aggressive hits we don't always need to it's it's about getting the man down uh, and not missing tackles more so you know the aggressive hits come naturally yeah. You know, if, if if you had a guy in your team that would tackle everything, we'd get them down straight away. We wouldn't make a big hit. You wouldn't you wouldn't mind, would you? 
you take your, jo- your job is to, your job is to tackle, not yeah. to not to smash somebody. You know that comes. You had both in the locker, but that's just luck, yeah, isn't it? That was a hybrid. Um, so <laughs> quite possibly, mate. Quite possibly because I see a lot of John and Joseph and Henry Trinder in the same yeah in the same person. But John and Joseph isn't injured as much, and he's just Trinder's had a bad run of form. Yeah, yeah. So yeah, it was a good game. I, I did watch the, the Harlequins Leicester game. Amazing game. Greg Bateman. Oh yeah, but special not, teams. He was like special yeah. teams coming off the bench. <laughs> yeah. Scored a great try. He um, looks a bit special as well, didn't he, Greg? Sorry, the Goods tweet after about Mike Brown. Oh yeah, and then suddenly backtracked. So the the tweet was something like Mike Brown won't be happy with that missed tackle. The boys will be ribbing him after. Yeah, but he wrote Mike Brown, but didn't actually include him in the tweet. He didn't write at Mike. Brown. Oh uh, yeah, he? Mike Brown said thanks for the thanks for at. the tip. I'm sure you would have made that tackle next time. Add the at in. Yeah, and uh, <laughs> did Goody reply to that? I haven't seen yes, it. Yes, he did, but it, I can't remember. What there, but there was a bit of a backtracking. That was there. It was a bit of a. Oh, I'd better dig myself out of this hole. Uh brilliant. That's surprising me because Goody. I mean, Goody was obviously being polite, but I know that Goody says what he says, thinks what he thinks, and I, I yeah, quite but like you, that. Like he was, I, I suppose he was just saying, anyone. look, you take a bit of a hammering for missing a yeah, a prop and he will side of you. He will, yeah. But Greg Bateman, I honestly, if you actually look at the tackle that Brown had to make there, that is a properly difficult tackle because he's got... Yeah, but you've got to position yourself to make that tackle. So you, you, you're constantly following the ball. Yeah, it is a difficult tackle because it's a one-on-one. Yeah. But it's, it's your positional play as well because your positional play puts you in the right air, you know, the right area of the field to make that tackle as well. Yeah. So maybe so he gave himself too much work to do. Both. But it, what, what, Brown what, is a great tackler. And he's a great he, tackler. Often that doesn't... That never really happens. No, and it's almost like try and think of the last time and you struggle. Yeah, but I, lo- I love the fact that no, Greg Bateman had to go off. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I know. Did you but hear he, Manu Tuolangi after? Yeah. He, oh, it was brilliant. They it's were saying, great, no, no one, no one say anything to him because he's going to absolutely love it. And yeah. Greg Bateman came off and there was dead silence and then Manu Tuolangi could not stop laughing because <laughs> yeah. he just broke. Uh, but then if you, I've watched Greg Bateman play a lot across the front row for Leicester and He's so explosive. Like if he gets a bit, he's so explosive with the ball in hand, and because he was a hooker. And um, oh, I don't know that. But I mean, he's more explosive than most hookers anyway. But when he gets when he gets that, because he had a couple of yards before he had to step Brownie, as it were, Brownie Brown. He he gets on that arc, and then once he's on that arc, he's he's not just deceptively quick. He's quick, right? He's really explosive, and he's got he's shaped like a cannonball. So that is a really hard tackle to make because you've got nothing to grab onto. It's like trying to tackle I know what you mean. A, yeah. a speeding cannonball with no limbs. It's kind of like a big so ball of muscle. Ground. Yeah. And it's got to be, I remember Nick Abenden saying that it's the worst body shape to tackle is the big round lads. also, you're not really expecting that from a prop either. You're not expecting yeah. like a swerve on the outside. You're expecting a prop to run straight out. Samoan sidestep. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but no, Great try. Game. How good was Viano at 15? Oh. Do you know what? I'm sure I asked him once. I said, "How do you pronounce your name?" And he said, "Tolusa Veinu." You look at his name, and it's I N U at the end, V E A Via or Ve whatever, I N U Veinu. But everyone says Veanu. Anyway, I, 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 I he was brilliant. Lesser obviously won. I think they they probably deserved to win. They had a couple of try scoring opportunities. Johnny May threw a bit of a, a poor pass. Yeah, one clear moment. He, he scores a try. Absolute wheels. You can see that when he gets Mar- ball Mar- in hand. I felt like Marlon Yard gave up a bit early there. Didn't, but even, didn't even dive. I thought he just gave up there. I mean, maybe he just... When you know, you know. Yeah, but he still looked quite close to him. If you freeze frame that, it, he still gets close. And yeah. You at least... 
I thought he was going to dive to make an attempt. Have and a dive at a little tapsy Ojo, wouldn't you? Yeah, you try and you try and look for their legs to try and give him a tap tackle. But but what I would say is if if Marlon Yard felt like he knew, yeah, if he just thought I'm not getting there, <clears throat> then fine. Yeah, yeah. If he if he dies for the sake of it because Eddie Jones might be watching, then you're into bullshit territory, aren't you? So if he knew he was beaten, then he knew he was yeah, beaten. I'll know, back you, him. Yeah, you got to Yeah, I'll back the lad. I'll back the boy Yard. Mm. Um, but Johnny May is so fast. And you, did you hear what he said to the ref when? Uh, every time he got anywhere near anything, Mike Brown just barged him everywhere. What did he say? Uh, he scored a try. He said every he? time he's painful <laughs> yeah, about Mike <laughs> Brown, England teammates. But Brownie was like giving him digs at a rut when the whistle had gone and stuff. And it's like he gave everyone digs that game. But do you know what, mate? Do you know what? No. If he was in your, I'll tell you now. If he was in your team and he performed like he does for Quinn so often, and he was really aggro and a bit too aggro, which he is a bit too aggro, you just wouldn't mind. You just wouldn't mind if he's in your like team. Like Dylan Armitage used to be. Yeah. Mike Phillips used to be. Yeah. You love him. I've played, I think I've played in teams with Dylan. I'm not sure. I think I've played A's or whatever it is, but Dylan was proper aggro, but Dylan. we loved him. Yeah, right? they did. They we did. loved him. Like um, Bath, Newcastle. Yeah. 19-0 up after 26 minutes. Wow. Amazing. I think it was. And then Bath came back, had it comfortably won. I mean, you think, yeah, <laughs> they did. They did. 28 minutes they were 19 points down yeah um, Rocky Coco again Rocky Dagoonie as well That's was the good one. <laughs> <laughs> Joe Rocky Dagoonie yeah Sibivati was good <laughs> yeah Rocky Dagoonie five players around him I know gets on the outside unplayable he has to be in that England squad I think for the whether yeah. or not he gets picked he is he is on form and I know there's question marks over his defence he's 50-50 sometimes jamming in but Shank boy it's he, not 50-50 mate it's not it's not 50-50 right, it's not 50-50 and it's like <laughs> but it honestly it he's, he can defend really well like he can bang people but it's just in every, who who was it I'm not being coy here who was it it was an analyst anyway I'll think of it in a minute and I'll tell you okay I did say I did say can I mention that on the pod and they said yes anyway they said in every game in every game there's a handful of there's a handful of instances where he is out of position and there's a there's a good argument for people like him and Christian Wade so let's guys let's be positive let's concentrate on the stuff they can do not the stuff they can't do alright you're the head coach of England you're picking someone who you are confident is going to be out of position four or five times in a game. Not saying Wade would be. Confident is going to be out of position and you're playing against the best teams in the world, best equipped teams to punish that. You don't pick them. You just don't. You can't. I mean, do you know what? I would love to see Rocco play for England. I'd, I mean, I'd tune in anyway, but I would tune in with added added excitement if he was playing. I would love it. So what you're saying is he's not good enough uh, because defensively he's out of position too yes. much and too much of a liability. Yes, that's it. And get him on the pod next week. Yeah. I love um, I love watching Rocco no, play. He's a freak. I know, I know he gets out of position. I know he wants to jam in and he you know leaves a lot of space on the outside. Um it is yeah, so It's really hard. But um but rugby is about scoring tries. I know, mate, I know. So I know. yeah, yeah. Um Joseph scored, nice try back in the game. My, the point is, hang on, the point is there are wingers out there. There's no one quite like him with the ball, but there are some wingers out there who are brilliant with the ball. And brilliant in defence, and overall, they offer more over the course of a game. He is your match winner, but he also could cost you a couple of tries. That's all I'm saying. Mm. So anyway, Joseph, what? Scored a lovely try. Oh, what a try! 
Yeah. He, uh, I wanted to ask you about Joseph because his try was amazing. Um, he, <clears throat> excuse me, he is brilliant. But <clears throat> one thing I always admire about him is how consistent he is in defence. Like he doesn't, as you say, he doesn't nail people all the time, but he's really, he's in the right place. And when he's not, he's got enough pace to get there. He's actually really strong for his size and good technique. So at the weekend, he got, he really, really seemed to struggle defensively and they made loads of ground through him. Missed, and if it's missing tackles, but he's getting knocked off. And... I think I think the way he likes to defend is he likes to tackle them on the outside shoulder. Yeah. So he'll give them a bit of space and then use his pace to tackle them sort of side on. So knock down the fend or go low. <clears throat> yeah. You don't often see him too often making head on tackles. Yeah. So you don't often see him with aggressive line speed and taking players sort of on the game line. Yeah. He'll let them go a little bit and then tackle them. It's a bit more of a passive tackle. It's probably an easier tackle to make because he is so fast and he can't yeah. do that. But yeah, there's not that much line speed coming from from him. Yeah. Whilst you look at potentially someone like Jonathan Davis, who probably is the best outside centre. Yeah, get up and bang you on. In the north yeah. world. Yeah. Potentially at the moment. Northern Hemisphere, it's called. Yeah, I say north. Not Game of Thrones. Yeah. <laughs> uh, and the bestest side of the wall. Well, he can do both, you know, because he's, he's yeah. big, he's strong. He'll, yeah. he'll tackle him on the front foot as well as side so yeah. I noticed so, that a little bit but anyway Joseph's try was good and it was that, amazing that's what you saw from the, the Newcastle 10 he just gives him a lot of space yeah. he tries to take Willis, one on the yeah. outside Joseph too fast great hand off at the end good try and you think and you think, right that's it Bath back amazing Banahan was 15 as well yeah not probably the most natural 15 no was, it, was he out job. of position much that you um, saw? Or? Not, no, not too much, but you know, you, you want your best players playing in, in their positions. Yeah. And he is one of Bath's best players, but, but he's a winger. Easily. Yeah. It's a, it is quite amazing how he performs over time. I know. Um, if, you wanted, if you wanted someone in your club that will play nearly every game yeah. and be above average and great, he's, he's it. Yeah. You, you talk about him you talk and Mike about, Brown. Shared experience-based cohesion. He's the guy at Bath, isn't he? What we were talking about earlier. He's literally the glue, I guess. You have a but, guy called Daniel Jones. Um, played a bit for Wales. Second row. Second row. Daniel. Yeah. Played for Bath years ago. Yeah, but fantastic. Never got injured. Yeah. 100% every single game. You, you knew what you get out of him. He was he was one of those people like that. Yeah. Performs every single game. Yeah. To that high standard level. I wanted to ask you again. Like Alan about, Jones. Like Alan Wynn, yeah. But the... But he's kind of on a different level. But that defence at thirteen, are you are you in charge of your own destiny, or can the behaviour of a twelve or a winger over the course of a game just completely shaft you? Yeah, it can a little bit because it's mostly that those that are weak tacklers. So if your twelve is a weak tackler, because the idea of attack when you're attacking a team is to is to separate like an individual. So you, what you want is a one-on-one tackle. So that's, that's, that's why you do all these moves. You do all these yeah. moves to create space and try and create a one-on-one because it's the attacker that has the advantage because he's the one going forward. Yeah. You know, the, the defender's reactive, so he's going where the tackler's going. So that is the key. And when you've got weak tacklers around you, all of a sudden you have to keep an eye on others. Yeah. Um, you all have, It's difficult as well. It's, it's more, JJ had Max Clark at 12, who's a bull, so there's, yeah, there's no worries yeah. there. You like. just have to be confident that when you are drifting, your inside is covered. Yeah. And then you've got to make sure that your outside man as well, which is your winger, is on the same wavelength as you. So he's not too far in front of you. Yeah. He's with you. And uh, and it's communication. 
you know when yep. the ball's passed along the line you don't just stop you've got to make sure you cover the inside yeah so yeah it does make a, a massive difference and that's why it used to be good playing with someone like Gareth Thomas at 12 yeah you know I just love having him inside me because I know he'd make that tackle because he was such a good defender what Nah, just the cat. The cats just walk past them. Yeah, so don't know, don't know but you have to have confidence of them making that tackle. <laughs> but it was, um, but oh, oh, hey, I went to the Chiefs game. Yeah, Henry Slade's got to play thirteen for England. Really, talk to me. Okay, happy with that? I d- I did not see that game because, as you know, I was in Lot Lerman. Henry Slade's got to play, okay. and you, the, because you're going to have Ford and Farrell ten, twelve. But why, David? But why? Just he just does. He just does everything. Oozes class. I mean, Ooze's class was, it was never more appropriate a phrase than Sunday. He was just brilliant. Ollie Woodburn also has got to be part of the conversation because he's such a good winger, such a good player, but he was not the best player on the field because Henry Slade just absolutely took the piss. I mean, it wasn't, it wasn't super swanky stuff. It was just gliding around being better than everyone else. But when you have players like Henry Slade in your team, not only getting like someone good and attacking with ball in hand yeah. but you got a player that also creates space yeah. through his natural ability to draw defenders to pass yeah. to put players through holes so he's yeah. not just a strike runner no. he's a ball player as well yeah and he's a strike runner and he's a great kicker off the tee out of hand and this, this is my point about Distributor. Wales at the moment is that mm. in Wales there's not that many ball playing 12s yeah. we've got a lot of good 10s but you, I, I believe the team is better when you've got two ball players in there and Scott Williams at the moment has got the 12 shirt yeah. and he can create a little bit but someone like Reese Patchell I, I reckon they should develop into it because remember we said how big he was when we went down there he's huge video. I, honestly, I honestly could not believe genuinely now no? could not believe how big he was like he is I mean he's, to say he's the size of a second row <clears throat> is pushing it because second rows are all 6'6 six, six plus these days a lot of them He's got to be six four, six five. But he, yeah. But he's also the type Big. of player that is, is fast. Yeah, he's powerful. Good hands, good kicking. So not yeah. only could he, he hit that short line when needed to, but you can use him to take him flat to create space out wide using yeah. his distribution skills. Yeah, and his offloading game. Yeah, and his kicking game. Yeah, I'm gonna keep saying yeah. yeah. So um. So, I like the idea. I like that idea. Yeah. But Slade, Slade was jokes. Don Armand was amazing, mm. and Sam Simmons ran in, uh, tackled. Nathan, Nathan Hughes. Hughes you see that and really knocked himself out or whatever and Nathan Hughes instead of carrying on just stopped where he was and just cradled Sam Simmons and took care of him till the medics got there it was it was actually a very very nice moment you know yeah, I saw that um, Gloucester Worcester there was also a, um, a concussion wasn't there yeah um, yeah Scotland Williamson the big second row nailed um, Tom Savage it was a massive hit but it was head on face sort yeah. of thing and he got up and whooped and went nuts about the hit but you don't know for a few seconds that you've hurt someone. No, you don't. Not not like that. You no, think, you think oh, I, you know, that might have might have hurt him a little. Smacked bit. Smacked his ribs or yeah, winded him, and you think. And to be honest, you think good. Yeah, don't you? Being honest, I, I think had he known he'd hurt the guy's head, Savage's head, he wouldn't have. But anyway, Savage was fine after the game, evidently. But Scotland Williamson was just. I mean, he was just nailing people. Max Laheef tweeted. Um, he said, "This lads, this lads wrapping players in cling film tonight. Wrapping wrapping lads in cellophane. You know." It was, properly wrap them up pack them off he was nailing people yeah good value very um, good value just in the, in the Guinness Pro 14 a kick by Jared Evans right at the end wins yeah the game for the Blues the windy it looked like the windiest game ever at Connaught yeah and the Blues 
at one stage I thought were out of it. They came back and Jad Evans has a kick at the end to win it in horrific conditions. Yeah. And he's got to put the ball out way in front of the post for the wind to draw it in. Yeah. And to be fair... He's, it takes massive he's nuts a youngster. to do that. Yeah, yeah. He does. he's a youngster. He does it. It looks like the kick is going well wide. The wind just catches it, draws it right through the post. And it's their first win of the season. And a tough place to go as well, Connaught, to win. Like that Dan Carter kick that's famous. Have you ever seen that one? Yes. That's amazing. Yeah. A bit like that. A lot like that, yes. Yeah. Um, it was, yeah, like the Philippe, Philippe Contepony one when it goes through the post and comes back. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, yeah. Scarlet's won again against Edinburgh. The playing the best rugby, I think, in that. League I love, I love watching Scarlet's when I get to see them. They're they great. just they offload at will. They offload at will because they take the the tackle on their terms. Because yeah. you can't offload if if you're running at shoulders and chest all the time. You have to yeah. run at arms. Um, it's all about footwork. It's all about um, you know single air, You know, getting defenders. Um, but, it, but it's a mindset passed down from Wayne Pivak isn't it this and is, Stephen Jones yeah yeah and Stephen Jones that's how we and want they to play back, they back their core skills yeah um, big win for Benetton Treviso again 16-6 against the Ospreys not going well for the Ospreys whatsoever oh Jesus Cheetahs beat Leinster yeah which is great actually which is great for the game for and, the game uh, not great for Leinster Ulster Glasgow see. always play well so um, good rugby in a pro 14 as well yeah a uh, bit of chat about the American team joining um, nothing nothing advanced from what we've heard before except a couple of people have texted me this week saying it's signed and sealed it's done on a German team yeah which means which means it is not signed and sealed and it is not done but overall a lovely weekend Tommy so now we're going to answer a few questions I'll do the some of the emailed ones and Shanks do some of the social media ones we're not going to do too many because we're conscious this is um, is mediated the word yeah it is now yeah okay uh, conscious this is sort of a, a longish one um, here's one from Lawrence Evans on email um, hi guys in the modern game has there ever been a cause a case of nepotism when it comes to selection so players getting picked basically because I would say mum or dad but generally it's dad isn't it is the coach or similar um, I, I would argue yeah I would argue objectively that George Ford was selected or kept on the field for longer than his form at that time merited with Reese Priestland on the bench when his dad Mike was at Bath I certainly felt a few times the change should have been made and it wasn't um, but there's that but I, the best one is England under 18's final trial at Castlecroft you won't know about that place but it's it's the place um, probables against possibles may have done this before on the pod but there was a guy called I think his name was Ed Hallett I think he, he was the son of I think a guy called Tony Hallett I'm not quite sure but he was something like the Timmy pre- Timmy, he was something like the um, president of the RFU or chairman of the RFU, something like that. He was high up, right, is what we'd call it. And he was selected at six ahead of Alex Sanderson, who you know who Alex Sanderson is. And Alex was a, to put to put it mildly, he was a fucking animal when he was a schoolboy. Like There was no one like him. We played against the Welsh and they were animals and Al basically battered them and filled them in on his own. He was a beast that age and he loved to scrap. And um, we did some line-out practice and they named the two teams and they did line-out and Ed Hallett landed and came round for appeal. Al knew it was coming and Al waited for him and absolutely annihilated him. And he stood above him as this guy's gripping his ribs and he says, give me back my fucking shirt now. And the coach is like, what are you doing? He's like, get the shirt off him now. You're like 17 years old. Yeah. That's pretty punchy. Yeah. <laughs> like, wow. He retired too early. Yeah, um, tough guy. Yeah, 
Gethin Jenkins' dad, Warren Gatlin, picked him for. Yeah, it's true, actually. Yeah, a long time. Yeah, it's true, actually. That's Gatlin, he's the love, loves, and still loves um, Gethin, so. Yeah. And Steve Meehan was Nick Abendanen's dad at Bath I, I, as well. I would say Thomas Young is playing at Wasps at the moment where Dai Young is coach. But I, I think that's the opposite then for Dai Young. Yeah. Because he doesn't pick him probably as much as he could do because potentially a little bit worried about what what's going to be said because he's his son. Yeah. I did I did an interview with Dai and he in at Wasps and he actually said it. If anything, it harms his son's chances being there. And he's like, I want to keep him here because he's a great player. Mm. But if it was ever a 50-50, he's not getting it. That's yeah. what he said, you know. So it's interesting approach. The opposite to the approach I just personally felt was taken at Bath with, with Mike Ford. I thought it was the opposite effect, which, you know, could go one way or the other. And George is a wonderful player, so he's worth selecting a lot, but I felt it went the other way sometimes. Um, okay, here's one from Ben Hawker. At our rugby club, we have a few bromances, none more so than Ben Hawker and Ben Spry, who are weirdos, um, and we worry about them. Who had the biggest bromances you ever witnessed during your career, yourselves included? Hmm. I don't remember seeing Mike Tindall without Ian Bolshaw for at least a decade. Really? Yeah, very, very close. I used to, I suppose, with Wales, Dwayne Peel, we used to hang around a lot with. Um, yeah. Yeah. We, yeah. I'm trying to think of anything funny that we actually have done. Um, we just stupid things like tying up people's laces the wrong way round or putting banana in the bottom of their shoes or boots you know, that's when they put the foot in it's all mushy yeah at the back um, but nothing really over the top we did we did do we had, I had a learn to break dance video that we did once before like before Wales Scotland and, and everyone could hear us trying to trying to break dance in our room yeah um, we had to move the beds and um, but yeah yeah I was like that it's me and Johnny Wilkinson were like inseparable <laughs> Jono's actually just having a shower upstairs now. He's, he's been here for six months now. <laughs> uh, have there been any other bromances? No, I'm trying to think. There was the famous five in Wales. You know, we had Gavin Henson, Lee Byrne, um, James Mike Phillips, Hook, Shane Williams, Mike Phillips. Yeah, and, and they were they were pretty inseparable. They were tight. Yeah, they were all fly boys. There's fly boys all tanned. Did you all, hate them? Did you uh, hate them? All, all used to go European with no socks. I've tried to get in there, but they just they don't like outsiders. Didn't give you the nod. Um, I got one here from Midge Tabor on Twitter. Over the years, which one position has become harder to play? Do you think front row and new laws, centres, better defenders, <coughs> etc. Better defence. Good question. That mm. uh, prop is. It's, it's hugely impact, more difficult. It? It's hugely more difficult than it used to be. Yeah, and that is not that is not me disrespecting the amateurs who are my heroes growing up. It is just way way harder than it was in the amateur days. I mean, the, just I mean, apart from apart from the actual scrums, just have just the amount of stuff a front row player is expected to do in a game now. I think that is the position that's changed the most. Loose head or tighter prop. Just the work. Just the number of contributions expected. Yeah, I think so. I think it's more. It's harder to score score tries um, in today's game than it was. You know, just saying not when we played, but like twenty years ago. Because yeah. you spend far more time on defence. Yeah, you know, it's sort of. What would you say? What would you say the split would be? Forty sixty, sort of forty percent defence, sixty yeah. percent attack. It's probably yeah. not fifty fifty. But a lot of your attack work is just set piece stuff. So. Yeah. 
actually in terms of pure attack versus pure defense probably more pure defense actually yeah we've got a question here um did um did you see ben foden on a league of their own singing i'm trying to find out who that was from here it was it was from lee sells the legend on twitter um any team of yours you've played with who has other talents um I, do you know what I've seen it I've seen the song I've seen it happening John Legend wasn't it but I'm going to be completely honest and say two things you couldn't watch it I really really like Ben Foden he is a genuinely lovely bloke I couldn't watch it I can't watch it it's too, it's too much for me mm. I can watch the Office series one and two I can't watch it it just um, makes me feel a bit uncomfortable but <laughs> that's my problem not his in terms of other talents, Matt Stevens was on Celebrity X Factor. Amazing voice, amazing entertainer. Um, let's come on, let's let's think of someone good, Louis. Come yeah, on. no, I'm, I'm I'm slightly struggling. Wasn't there Dylan Pugh? The scrum half was a magician. Really? Yeah. Okay. Um, Johnny Farmatwainu, who I played with at Bath, was an amazing dancer. Um, I think we're getting towards the end of it now. Yeah, no. Kieran Bracken, best arm wrestler I've ever met. And ice skater. Did you ever arm wrestle Brax? You you are a mutant, but I reckon you'd have lost to Brax. No, I don't think I did. I'm I'm too scared of arm wrestling now because I've seen so many oh, videos. Snapped arms. Yeah, with your elbow being dislocated or your wrist coming off. Yeah, literally coming off. Come off. Yeah, they come off. Do they now? Yeah, not even hand cream revival. That's how the games change. Hand cream revival will get that back on. <laughs> yeah, that's how the games change. Um, so yeah. Um, I've got to walk my dogs before I pick my kids up so can we stop now I've got to edit this podcast as well right, which good luck. should get paid more for doing it but I don't don't you I'm a great guy yeah but five grand a week's enough for anyone for a podcast <laughs> isn't it <laughs> Tara well, yeah if you Come have on. liked this please oh, please yeah, subscribe yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, leave reviews yeah on our iTunes um, yeah if you want we'll see you next week alright ta-da planning for your next trip Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash trip for free shipping and 365-day returns. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here, and it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt-free. Hello Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. Mm. Mm. 